welcome to the Dr. Script Show. We're talking about your favorite TV movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And joining me today for this wacky fun episode, Dr. Sam. Oh, diddly dee, diddly do! Here we go, <laughs> jumping into a little bit of fun. With some another another animated movie based on a TV show. Uh, well, you know, if we're doing best TV movies, I mean, Great Gardens or, or Temple Grandin. I mean, we're oh, sorry, you mean movies based on TV shows? Oh, oh, gotcha. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I guess I guess we're watching the Simpsons movie today instead. That we are. That we are. Uh, what's your relationship with the Simpsons like to start off with? Um, another one similar to SpongeBob, where <laughs> it. It was not really allowed to be watched in my home. It was one of those things that, not to the extent of Spongebob, where it's like, if you were watching Spongebob, you might get disowned. But Simpsons uh, was also one that my parents didn't want us Wait, to watch. Spongebob was a, a higher no-no rate than The Simpsons? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my parents thought if I watched Spongebob that I would lose IQ points. Wow. Yeah. How wrong they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The Simpsons was just another one of those shows that I liked a lot. You know, it also has that extra thrill of like, oh, I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to. It's a grown-up show. Yeah, but I feel like... You know, compared to what other animated TV shows are on now, like compared to South Park or Family Guy, Simpsons is very tamed. It's nothing. Like, Bart saying, eat my shorts was like a controversial thing in like the early 90s. Yeah, and I remember, didn't they make a joke about Florida back in the day? And then Floridians had a huge uprising about it? Sure they did. I think it was one of those original things where it's like, well, if we apologize to the Floridians, where do we stop apologizing (laughs) to? Do we have to apologize to the government now? like, yeah, stick to the man. Yeah, so don't quote me on that. Definitely check that. But I'm like 95% sure yeah. there was some sort of controversy back in like the 90s. Um, yeah, what about you? What's The Simpsons like in your life? Uh, the movie came out in 2007, uh-huh. and I had never seen a single episode of The Simpsons oh. until when I saw the movie. And I saw the movie opening weekend for whatever. I don't. I don't know what compelled. <laughs> But it was it was me and my family. Like my family's pretty good about seeing movies with all of us. Nice. And like the four of us went to go see it, and we loved it. It was a packed packed theater, and everybody was having a great time. And I didn't need to know anything about the show to have a good time. You yeah. know, they had like a few in jokes, like you know, there's the end part where Doctor Nick gets stabbed by like a falling <laughs> piece of glass. But I knew nothing about that. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. And it going in cold. It was great. I. Uh... I saw this with I saw this movie with my dad actually and I have good memories of that. The part where they say like to be continued in the movie, I remember like being like, No, I want this to keep going. Damn, these Hollywood execs trying to get me my money for or my dad's money for a sequel. You know? But when you were twelve you knew that that's what that's what Hollywood was like. These Hollywood elitists, man. This movie has a definitely has a lot of good memories. It was also one of those ones that we had on the DVD. Mm. Some people had DVD players in their cars. You know, when your parents didn't want to talk to you. Yeah. So this was one that was on repeat in my in my car. Oh, okay. Very nice. Also, Spider Pig was a very common... Uh... Spider Pig, man. <laughs> that... That, that, well, I forgot about that, and that was a throwback, and I forgot how huge Spider Pig was for, like, a couple years. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Huge thing. Should have been... <laughs> him and Harry uh, Plopper should have gotten their own <laughs> spinoff movies, man. Listen, Spider Pig did get a little something-something in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Oh, man. I think the Simpsons movie really did do something for, yeah. for that group. Hmm. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we jump into the summary of this great movie? Not specifically. I think we should just head straight in, and we start off... Right on the good stuff, right in the middle of the plot. 
with an itchy and scratchy cartoon. Yeah. Which I also, when I first saw the movie, I didn't get what that was. I was like, okay, I guess Tom and Jerry are going to be in this movie too. We're going to start with, uh, you know, Tom landing on the moon as an astronaut. Oh, Jerry's there too. Oh, they're going to plant the flag and Jerry stabs Tom. Yep. Itchy and scratchy. I don't know. Oh. I don't know which one's itchy and which one's scratchy. I just know that was the okay. Tom and Jerry parody. Either way. Um, shit. I guess we should know that. Um, <laughs> Okay, Itchy is the rat. The okay, cat? The rat. Oh, Itchy's the rat and Scratchy's the cat? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so we have this Itchy and Scratchy cartoon where Itchy kills Scratchy. Um, shocker, plot <laughs> twist, sorry. And he's celebrated as a hero, elected president, with Hillary Clinton as his running mate. Oh, man. This was a movie made in 2007. (laughs) Everyone thought she was going to be president in 2008. It was a thing. Yeah. Oh, man. How things have... How how things things have have changed. changed. Uh, Uh, So, Itchy Itchy is uh, president and notices that Scratchy is still on the moon. Says, I'm going to tell on you. And he says, oh, no. So he hits the missile launch button and launches every nuke in America at the moon. Yes, and they hit Scratchy, who just dies. And <laughs> we pull out to see that the Simpsons family is actually watching a movie in the movie theaters. Wow. And Homer is just making an ass of himself, something he never does. But Crazy. He, his rest of the family is like, Homer, stop. You're being annoying. He's like, hey, why are we paying for all this? We can watch this for free on TV. And then Marge is like, come on, Homer, don't be. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Every one of you watching this movie right now points to the audience. Is like, is a huge sucker. And then points right indirectly to the camera. Especially you. And then we get into the theme song of The Simpsons and classic stuff. We go over the city of Springfield. And we end up uh, at Springfield Lake where Green Day is performing a concert for the Ooh, citizens of Springfield. Green Day. And everyone's excited to see them. But Green Day is a little bit tired. And they're like, hey. We like to talk about the environment, and no no one's happy about that. So the entire town of Springfield starts throwing their trash into the lake, and the pollution that is caused by that melts the water stage that, they are, that they're on uh, and effectively sinks the stage and kills every member of Green Day. <laughs> uh, and they're like, oh, we had a great time uh, you know, playing with each other tonight. They get their violins out, pull a little <laughs> Titanic joke, and just die. Good uh, stuff. Classic. Titanic. Great. Good memories. So <laughs> then we uh, we cut to church where the entire town is mourning the death of Green Day. Yes, and they're playing American Idiot as uh, on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> and as they start praying, the Simpsons pull up outside, and they're making quite the ruckus. And they hop inside, and Homer's like, I don't want to be here. And he goes inside, he's like, hello, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> Praise Jeebus. Yep. <laughs> This is a great introduction to The Simpsons if you've never seen the show before because it definitely just shows you immediately that these family are unorthodox at the very least and are sort of like not your stereotypical like, oh, having a great family, blah, blah, blah. They're the town weirdos. You got Homer's an an idiot father. Marge is trying to hold everything together. Bart's the rebellious son. Lisa's trying to to be a, a mini adult. And Maggie's the baby. And so now as they're at church, uh, the priest is like, oh, may God's wisdom be shown through one of these people. And this nice shimmering light hits Grandpa Simpson, and he goes into this huge little prophecy talking about curly tails 
A Thousand Eyes, Epa, Epa. Comic book guy starts filming him. Everyone thinks he's going crazy. <laughs> he spins around on the ground. The comic guy is filming him on a flip phone, which is just like great. 2007? Times. Yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, the iPhone wasn't even invented yet at that point. I think it was. I think it was general oh, iPhone. But it, like, it came out the next year. Yeah. 90% sure it came out. Maybe 2007. Either or. It doesn't matter. Who cares? But yeah, so he's filming it on, an old, on a 12-year-old phone at this point. And as he's coming up, uh, Homer just rolls Grandpa up into in the in the church rug, drags him out of there, and they all get in the car. And Homer's like, "All right, who wants waffles?" And everyone's like, "Oh, I want mine with peanut butter. I want mine with bananas, strawberries." And, and Marge, Marge is like, "Guys, why are we going to ignore the epiphany of God when we were in church? What's the point of going to church every Sunday?" And then everyone pauses for a second, and then Grandpa's like. I want bananas on my waffles. <laughs> and Homer says, I rest my case. So they get to the, to the pancake shop, cut back to the house, I think, uh, where Homer's going to do all his chores for the day. Yes. And he starts doing his chores, and he and Bart challenge each other to a dare contest, and Homer challenges them to a few uh, extreme things. Yes. And Ned Flanders, the neighbor next door, is like, hey there. If you, if you hurt your son anymore, he's going to be a paraplegerino. <laughs> <laughs> Another joke I didn't really get when I was 12, but it's now a lot funnier. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of where you, you know, if you haven't seen the show, you realize, oh, Homer's a very abusive father to his son. He chokes him all the time. He's sort of flutzing with him on the top of the roof. And yes, Flanders is not taking okay with that. And they tell Flanders to F off. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lisa is going door to door trying to convince uh, neighbors to take this pledge to not you know, dump in the lake because it's causing a huge environmental problem. But no one's going to listen to her, and everyone shuts their door. Someone even just turns their house into a boat and just drives off. <laughs> yeah, another woman's like, oh, the nice girl that saved my cat. And then she goes, hey, the lake, and then she slam <laughs> on her face. No, she doesn't want to hear about it. And the nerdy kid in town Millhouse is like, Lisa, you can canvas me as long as you like. <laughs> then the town bully comes over and says, hey, say global warming's a myth. And he's like, it's a myth. Further study is needed. And he punches him in the gut and says, that's for selling out your beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> and so as uh, Lisa tends to Millhouse in the fetal position, he, she hears another boy going door to door talking about the lake. She turns and we meet Colin, the Irish Bono type, but his dad's not Bono. <laughs> I just thought that since your dad, you know, is a musician, he's like, he's not Bono. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, uh, yeah, but then Lisa and Colin strike up a good friendship. Uh, they both really want to save the save the, the lake. But then we cut back to the dare contest happening with Homer and Bart. And Homer dares Bart. To, to skateboard down to the Krusty Burger and back naked. Whoa. And after calling him a chicken, Bart totally completes the challenge. Yep. And <laughs> over the course of a minute, you see every single thing blocking Bart's animated parts. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it's like, whew. God, we're finally we're avoiding all of this. And when when I, when I was a kid, there is a specific scene where, you know, they just hang it loose. You see it. I didn't realize that was his stuff. I thought he was flipping the camera off the whole time. Like, <laughs> oh, you thought this was going to happen. And it wasn't until, you know, not this viewing, but maybe a couple of viewings ago that I was like, oh no, that's his dick. Yep. <laughs> but I, I remember uh, seeing that in the theater and no joke, like an entire minute to two minutes, people were consistently laughing. Like, <laughs> you know, when you can tell when a joke happens and then a new one happens, but it's like a new laugh. Yeah. That was the one laugh. It can, it happened the whole time through and like, it was perfect. Uh, and Bart gets in trouble with with the cops. 
He gets arrested at the Krusty Burger, and uh, after being publicly ridiculed for hours, Homer shows up to try and rescue him, but Bar- uh, Homer totally throws him under the bus as it was Bart's idea, and Bart is none too happy about being uh, neglected by his father. Yes, and like, but Homer tries his best. You know, he brought him clothes. He just forgot to give him his pants. <laughs> so Bart is walking around with a shirt trying to cover, you know, his junk. Um, uh, Flanders is able to actually give him a pair of pants, which is, you know, a very kind thing for him to do. And so, you know, that's one of the points where Bart is like, wait, I'm not your kid. Why are you being so nice to me? And Flanders is like, well, I'm sure your dad would do the same for my sons. And then Bart is like, eh, no. But then uh, as they're eating, Bart's trying to have a heart-to-heart with his dad. But Homer's too preoccupied by his new pig friend. His new love of his life. Um, just pig? Spider pig? Yeah, he's pig, he's pig right now. Okay. Uh, he's filming a commercial with uh, Krusty the Clown. And uh, after Krusty says he's going to kill the pig, the pig runs over to Homer, and Homer takes him home. And uh, <laughs> takes him home. Yeah. And uh, after they get home, uh, Marge is trying to get to the bottom of what uh, what Grandpa's prophecy was all about, uh, trying to talk to the comic book guy about the video that, that he saw. And Homer brings pig into the house. He tries to convince Marge that they should have a pig. Marge is like, no, I don't want a pig. And then he makes her laugh. Then he's like, I made you laugh, I'm off the hook, and keeps the pig anyway. <laughs> yes, and so she gets freaked out because she saw the curly tail and everything. That was one of the things on the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so now we go to... I think then uh, Marge is trying to clean off the pig tracks that are on the ground, and she and she can't do it, and then she realizes Homer's putting the pig on the ceiling and singing Spider Pig. <laughs> spider, spider Pig does whatever a Spider Pig does. Can he swing from a web? No, no he can't. can't. He's a pig. Look at him. He's a spider pig. Uh, Uh, And then I think we cut to uh, Lisa trying to tell the entire town, like in a nice big town hall meeting, that they need to stop polluting. Uh, No one believes her. And then she's like, I put the the polluted water in all of your drinking water. And everyone spits it out. Yes. And they're like, all right, we need to do something. And the mayor makes a state of emergency. So everyone cleans up their acts cleans up the lake, and it's all good right now. They're really enforcing this. They made it idiot-proof, where you can't throw anything in the lake. They're very happy about it. They simply can't, and uh, Marge uh, is still not happy with Spider-Pig and tells Homer that he needs to uh, remove an entire silo (laughs) full of uh, the leavings of one Spider-Pig. Yeah, so she's very like, hey, Homer, where... Where are you leaving the droppings? And then Homer's like, oh, I have something to show you. And yes, it's a whole silo (laughs) of pig shit. And so Marge is like, he did that in two days. And Homer's like, I I helped. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, heeding Marge's advice, he takes the silo, straps it to the car, and tries to take it to a hazardous waste facility. But uh, Homer is distracted by the prospect of free donuts. I mean, who wouldn't uh, be? Who wouldn't be? And so he jumps out of line and crashes through all the signs, all the fencing, dumps the entire silo of just disgusting hazardous waste into the lake, and it immediately turns the lake into a bay of evil, if you will. And so now the lake has been destroyed again. It's like acid-like almost. We have this one squirrel jump into it and jump out, and he has like a thousand eyes. (laughs) And so the U.S. government takes this squirrel thing and takes it to the top, the top of the top, 
We get to our main antagonist of the EPA, Russ Cargill. Yeah, Russ Cargill. He's uh, the head of the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. EPA, also. EPA, ooh. And he goes to the highest authority in the land. He goes straight to the president. Not President uh, Scratchy, or Itchy. Itchy. Scratchy? Itchy? I don't... I'm sorry, guys. I told you I only watched the movie. They don't establish in the movie. Uh, but it's not it's not President Mouse. President Schwarzenegger. Oh, snap. And it, this is just... This part of the movie just totally lost me, man. Like, this it's cartoon of a... Tra- this cartoon of a president not reading his security briefings, not oh. taking his... Not making the EPA a guy that you could really trust. He says he is here... To lead, not to read. That's right. That's after Russ Cargo gives him five options, and he just uh, President Schwarzenegger picks one at random. So the one that he picks is one that drops a gigantic glass dome on top of the entirety of Springfield. Oh, man. And so Russ comes on this huge TV, and he's like, Hey, guys, just so you know, your guys' environment is fucked, and we have to contain you. And uh, Lisa's like, wait, how how did this happen? We made sure no one polluted in the lake anymore? Like, this is wrong. And then Russ is like, well, someone didn't get the memo. And Homer turns to Spider-Pig, and she's like, hey. At casual. And I think he's Harry Plopper at this point. Oh, snap. You're right. Harry Plopper. Oh, <laughs> God damn. That's all right. So the town is now under dome arrest. Uh, <laughs> no one really knows what to do. Marge thinks that she sees Maggie outside the dome. And then when she tries to call Homer over, Maggie's still on the inside. But it turns out that Homer was supposed to fix this sinkhole. But instead, he just put the sandbox of Maggie's sandbox over it. And she could somehow magically use this sinkhole in order to escape the dome. Yes. We'll come back to that later. Yeah, don't you worry, guys. And so now it's later at night. The family's watching the news. And the newscaster reveals that they found a huge silo for pig droppings. And Homer goes, oh, that could be anyone's pig shit. (laughs) And then it turns around and says, property of Homer Simpson's, please return, no reward. (laughs) Uh, And at that point, the entire town has formed an angry mob. And they are headed away from the Simpsons' house. And Homer's like, ha, those idiots don't know where we live. And then they hear him, and then they turn around and walk towards the Simpsons' house. And he's like, oh, damn it. And so now they're in the Simpsons' house, destroying everything around. Everyone's just trying to get out. And Flanners, from his house, offers a ladder or like a plank for the yeah. family to walk out of. Everyone's throwing crap at him, and they end up falling down. Uh, Marsh tries to go back inside, grabs Homer and Her's wedding video. It's like the one precious memory. But they're still kidnapped anyways, and they take him to the backyard where they set up five nooses <laughs> in, in the kid's treehouse uh, to try and kill them with. But they all escape and hop into the treehouse, except for Homer, who gets stuck in one of the nooses. But he's not choking quite yet. Uh, and as they try and uh, attach the school bus to the tree and try and rip them out of the treehouse, Maggie jumps into the sandbox and reveals to her family that the sinkhole actually is a magic portal that'll get them outside of the dome. So everybody jumps into the sinkhole, uh, including Homer, who gets a little bit stuck. He, gets, he jumps in, and he's like, fuck you guys, I'm going out of here. And he's flipping them off, and the sinkhole stops. And he's like, oh shit, tries to dig himself out. And he's like, oh no. And then people are like, oh, the top of his head is still out there, scratch it. And so they all scratch it and just give him a little, like, little tears yeah. on his head. He, but, he's a bald guy, it hurts guys. So yeah, the entire family escapes out the sinkhole. The entire town doesn't really know where they went, so the police 
police chief is like, they're China's problem now. <laughs> uh, so the entire town walks away, except for Colin, who notices them. He tries to serenade Lisa, but she's like, oh no, I'll never see you again. And the EPA tries to surround them, but the Simpsons escape. And Russ Cargill starts going mad with power. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and basically we see the Simpsons are now on the run. They're at a shady hotel and Bart started drinking oh. and Bart is trying to tell him not to drink and everybody's mad at Homer. He's just not doing anything right. But he suggested them a, a solution. They need to go to Alaska Whoa. because it's the place where anyone can escape and start a new life. He pleads with Marge. Nobody wants to believe, but he says that there's one time in every marriage where you got to say, you just got to trust me. And you know what? Marge goes for it. Yep. And so they they agree to, to go to Alaska, but they have no money. So they go to this carnival that's like on the outskirts of town uh, where a man challenges Homer to ride his motorcycle in this like metal ball. And they have to ride it all the way around the circle, even going upside down in order to win his truck. And so Homer's really trying, but the first time he tries to go do it, he takes the kick pedal off and immediately falls. And the guy's like, hey, that counts as one. <laughs> and then Homer twice at once goes halfway and falls down. And it's the last time Homer's gotta do it. He goes up halfway and falls down. But the guy's like, you know what? I like seeing you hurt yourself, so I'll give you one on the house. And Lisa yells at him that instead of slowing down when he gets to the top, he needs to speed up. And Homer thinks it's scary, but he does it. Oh. And he wins the truck. Woo! And then the main guy, the carny, is like, oh man, my wives are gonna kill me. And we just <laughs> see this uh, Siamese twins being like, uh-oh, this guy's gonna get it. <laughs> we never hear from him again, so I what, think he died. What a great throwaway chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're on the run. We cut back to the town for a little bit uh, to see that things are just still in ruins. Uh, nobody's happy. The the billionaire of the town is hoarding all of the power. The, uh, every, everyone's going crazy. And uh, Russ Cargill really, really wants to destroy the town. Uh, but we don't get to see that quite yet because Homer and family go to a gas station where they fill up on gas and they're almost caught by the police. But lucky, lucky for them, Bart draws on a wanted poster to Scott to show that these are other people. And wouldn't you know it, everybody that looks like those people in the wanted poster with fake mustaches and hair are standing right behind them. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. man. I bet that joke was really great with me describing it instead of seeing it on screen. <laughs> uh, but basically, they escape to what they think is Alaska, but it's just this horrible oil-filled place where nobody's happy. And uh, Homer tries to hang up his poster in the windshield. Uh, he's like, ah, good. And then they spin out of control and they fall down like a mountain, but they make sure that they're okay. And he's like, well, at least my poster didn't get ripped. And he reaches for the windshield, but there's no poster there. Oh, no. Alaska's actually this beautiful wonderland. Oh, thank God. And as they pull up to the Alaskan checkpoint, the man over there hands him a thousand dollars and is like, here you go. Everybody who moves to Alaska gets a thousand dollars, and Homer's like, "Really?" And he's like, and the guy's like, "Literally in real life, we give you a thousand dollars to move to Alaska," and that is a true fact. And Homer says it's about time. Takes the money, and they drive up to this little cabin, and they're trying to live their life. And they actually start a really nice new life. Homer and Marge are feeling happy again. Bart and Lisa are trying to, you know, make the best of things. Then it's been a few weeks. At this point. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's three months yeah, since like they've escaped. Three months later, and uh, they turn on the news, or they turn on the TV, and they hear about this commercial for the new Grand Canyon, as advertised by Tom Hanks. <laughs> and the advertisement's just these two kids being like, Dad, we're tired of the old crummy Grand Canyon. We want a new Grand Canyon. And Tom Hanks is like, well, you're in luck, kids. At these coordinates, here's yeah. the new Grand Canyon. And Marjorie immediately is like, that's where Springfield is. 
And we find out that Russ has manipulated U.S. President Arnold Schwarzenegger into not reading any of his briefings again (laughs) and just taking a plan out of nowhere, which the plan is to nuke Springfield. Yep. And Marge and the kids are all like, no, we need to go back to Springfield and try to find a way to help them to stop the government from, from doing what they're doing. And Homer's like, I don't want to. I want to stay in Alaska. We're happy here. And Marge goes to him and says, Homer, in every marriage... You got one chance to say, you got to trust me on this. And Homer looks deep in her eyes and says, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and he, he's mad about it, so he goes off to try and drink out some of his aggression. He feels better about himself, so he goes back to the cabin. But he goes back to the cabin, nobody's there. Uh-oh. He just sees a small videotape on the bed, and he plays it. And on the tape is a message from Marge saying that she has been feeling a little uh, out of sorts in the marriage that things have not been going well for quite some time, that she doesn't feel like they're communicating anymore, and that she's been overlooking all of Homer's bad stuff because, well, she can't find a reason to overlook it anymore. So she's taking the kids, and she's leaving Homer in to prove it to herself. She's taped over their wedding video. Oh, no. Damn. Homer, you fucked up, man. You fucked up. I'll be honest. I I got a little emotional the first time I saw that because that's not... I was not expecting that to happen. Yeah, it's a very big emotional beat. Like, and if you watch the show... Marge forgives him for so much, yeah. and at this point, it's just, it's the breaking point, you know? I mean, yeah, this is what, like, 18, 19 seasons at this point? She is over it, and that makes a lot of sense if you've seen it for 18 or 19 years. Yeah. And uh, Homer's distraught. He runs out of the house and falls down onto a glacier that starts breaking off into the water. It's a heart, and it cracks in half, and then we fade out and see the words, to be continued. And this is where little Taylor was like, damn, those Hollywood elites trying to take my dad's money to see the sequel. And I'll be honest, the people, when I went to go see it in the theater, a few people audibly went, oh, <laughs> like they had to leave. And then it fades out of to be continued and fades into the next word immediately, <laughs> which is great. And uh, Homer wakes up in this like native Inuit woman's tent and she's like, Homer, you must have a spiritual experience in order to understand what you need to do next. So to do that, we're going to be doing deep breathing exercises. Yes, and so they start doing these deep breathing exercises where they're breathing and also dancing at the same time. And then Homer taps the woman. He's like, wait, what type uh, What type of thing are we trying to have? And she's like, you're trying to have an epiphany. And he's like, oh, okay. They start dancing again. And then he's like, wait, what's an epiphany? And she says, a moment of great realization mm-hmm. and something on those lines. And he's like, oh, okay. So they start doing the dancing again. And this time... He really does have this spiritual awakening where everything's happening to him and he ends up being taken apart by these trees and they start dissolving his body. And he's like, you know what? Do it. Do it. I don't care anymore. Marge and the kids have left and I'm nothing without them. And then they're like, oh, hold up. Hold up. This is right reforming his body. And he's like, wait a minute. I don't matter because the people in my life are the ones that matter. The tree arm like motions for him to go on. And he's like, in order to save myself, I have to save Springfield. And then they're all like, yay. All the trees are like, yay. And they start <laughs> clapping and everything. They're like, Which, oh, good job. Also, in the screening that I went to in the theater, uh, it sounds like a real audience is clapping. Like, they did a good job with the sound design. <laughs> that everybody in my audience started applauding, too. <laughs> and it was, it, was a, it was a solid moment. Oh, man, that's so funny. And so Homer wakes up, leaves the Indian woman being like, 
or she's not an Indian woman. I'm sorry. Uh, Inuit. <laughs> Inuit woman. Yes. And he's like, thank you, big boobed lady. And he runs <laughs> off. And so now Homer is trying to get back to Springfield. He gets these dogs, these snow dogs. Yeah. And other movie, great, you know, <laughs> and rides off to the distance. And then we cut to Marge and the kids going back to Springfield. They're talking very loudly about the plan to go save Springfield and that they're all stuck in a dome. And Lisa's like, hey, guys, I don't know if you should be talking this loud. Like, the government might be listening. And Marge is like, don't be ridiculous, Lisa. <laughs> Turns out the government's listening. <laughs> there were, the conductor on the train that they were on was actually a robot, and the NSA is listening in. They hear that they're fugitives, and when they get to their next stop in Seattle, Russ Cargill is there with the EPA gun squad. Yep, and wow, man, the EPA is always packing some heat there, man. They're not messing around. They <laughs> kidnap them, stuff them in a truck, and start driving them back to Springfield. And at this point, Homer's having a tough time getting all the way back. He stumbles in the snow, and he sees uh, a vision of Boob Lady in the, in, the, in the sky, and she tells him where to go in a very unique way. Yes, she, uh... She, are we well, going to describe this? We, we'll move on. If, you, you, if you've seen the movie, you know. If you haven't, watched the movie. Yeah. And Homer makes his way back to Springfield, or like the outskirts of Springfield, and he hears a saxophone playing and note, realizes... Lisa, Bart, and Marge, and Maggie are all trapped inside of a van that are being driven into Springfield. So Homer tries to break them out of their van by drawing a stop sign. <laughs> Except instead of stop, it says soap. Or like sop. <laughs> S-O-P. Yeah, and he gets a, uh, a wrecking ball and tries to hit the truck. It almost hits the truck, hits him, and he is trapped between a rock and a hard place. Literally, it's a rock and a hotel named a hard place. And, and it just keeps hitting a back and forth. Back and, and I remember as a kid seeing that in the trailers and loving it. And then in the trailer, Moe's come up, comes up and he's like, coming to you in real 2D. <laughs> good, joke, uh, good, good joke, good joke. Good joke, good joke. Basically, at that point, then uh, Marge and the kids are all gassed and put back into Springfield, where everything's just in disarray. Uh, Mo, the bartender, is now Emperor of Springfield. Uh, and every, it's just a war-torn wasteland. They're trying to figure their way out. Meanwhile, on the outside of the dome, Homer stolen a uniform and tries to trick uh, one of the guards into letting him in. And he's like, hello, sir. I am General Embassy Suites. This is the name tag. This comes from a hotel. Uh, these are good visual jokes that I like describing. <laughs> and so Homer knocks out the guard and takes out his... Um... He takes the uniform okay. off. Okay. And then he goes into the into the supply room of the EPA, and he sees a jetpack, and he's like, perfect. And then he runs to the table right next to the jetpack and picks up super glue. Yeah. And he super glues his hands and starts climbing up the dome, uh, trying to get in. And He was inspired by spider pigs, so he's just using his webs exactly. to go up down that you know this is the subtle planting and paying off that simpsons does but then at this point russ cargill appears on the tv again and says hey guys so we're really sorry for trapping you in this dome and to apologize uh we're gonna drop this bomb in here and blow you all up <laughs> and sure enough he drops a, a bomb uh, on, a, on a rope from a helicopter and it's got a 15 minute timer uh, but the citizens of the town notice that the string is still attached to the helicopter so they can climb up the rope to escape and get out of the dome. And sure enough, they convince... Uh, Letus. Letus. Or, Cletus. Cletus. Cletus, yeah, yeah. they convince Cletus to try and distract Russ Cargill on the TV while they all climb up the rope. And they're doing it. They're almost out. They can smell freedom. But Homer thinks that he's saving the day. And once he gets to the top, 
He grabs onto the rope and slides down it. <laughs> He's knocking people up from like two or three hundred feet are falling down. They should definitely be dead. Yep, but you know, oh well, good. I'm glad we didn't lose Carl and Lenny in this. Yep, but then he <laughs> knocks them all off and accidentally knocks the bomb off the rope and down onto the floor of, uh, of like City Hall. And it's basically everyone hates Homer again. No one's happy with him. And they tell him to get out of there. And so he is now a social pariah. Again. And so at this time, um, every the Simpsons family is sort of trying to stay together. Bart is like, you know, I don't want to be with my family right now. I'm very down. I'm going to go to the church. And so he goes to the church and sees Ned Flanders with his two kids saying like, all right, kids, when you meet Jesus, remember to be really polite and very nice. And one of Ned's kids is like, is Buddha there? And Flanders is like, no, Buddha's not there. Uh, but then Bart walks up and is like, hey, can I pretend that you're my real dad just so I can have a moment of having a, a real father? And Flanders is like, of course, son. And so uh, Flanders and Bart are there, and Marge is off sulking, and Homer tries to reconnect with her, but he hits the epiphany. It's a tree that he thinks will give him an epiphany, and basically he begs the tree to show him something and a leaf blows in the wind towards a motorcycle and he notices the motorcycle then he notices that he's in a dome similar to that thing that happened earlier with the metal cage and the motorcycle Ooh. so he gives the tree a nice $20 bill <laughs> hops on the motorcycle grabs the bomb and rides off finds Bart at the church and pleads with him to, to come with him, to be on this one last mission. He knows he's been a bad father, but he really wants him to come back. And Bart is like, no, I, I want a father that's the same in the morning that he is at night. I can't have this inconsistency um, of it all. And then Homer's like, yeah, you're right. But I'll let you hold on to the bomb. And Bart's <laughs> like, ah, oh, the man knows me. Yeah. And Bart and Homer get on the motorcycle. Bart's holding the bomb, and they start riding up the dome, and they're trying as hard as they can. And they start having a heart-to-heart moment. And Homer's like, wow, you know what? I never realized that all of these bad things that were happening was simply because of how my father raised. And then Marge yells from a megaphone, just throw the goddamn bomb. <laughs> and so they get to the top of the dome. They're going for it. Bart's holding on by literal hairs on Homer's head. And he throws the bomb out of the dome. And it lands right on the edge. And it's teetering back and forth. All the citizens are looking. They're like, oh, no, don't fall back in. Uh. And then it stands up. And falls down. And they're like, oh. And then, boom, it explodes. And the glass starts shattering all around them. And Homer and Bart are trying to escape the breaking glass. And wouldn't you know it, they do it. Woo! And they land on this little sort of canyon-esque area. And they're like, wow, I can't believe we did that, Bart. Uh, We really are crazy, whatever. And we hear this gun being cocked. And we turn over and we see it's Russ Cargill. Russ Cargill. And he's like, you know... In Harvard, they never teach you how to load a gun. And accept defeat with grace. I'm about to do both. (laughs) And he's about to kill Homer and Bart. Bart tries to trick him by saying, if you kill us, you'll never find the treasure. The treasure of what? Treasure of, I'm a wiener. (laughs) And he goes, I'm a wiener. And they start laughing. (laughs) And at the last second before they're about to get shot, Maggie appears and drops a giant rock onto Russ Cargill's head. Knocking him out, or maybe killing him. Possibly. We never see Russ again. (laughs) Yeah, he never comes back in the show. And Uh, and Homer looks up at Maggie and says, Thanks, Maggie. You're the best little accident we could have ever hoped for. Uh, So all is well and saved in Springfield now. Homer drives back down, ends up meeting up with Marge, picks her up, and drives into the sunset. And I should also mention that Lisa meets up with Colin. Yeah, that happened too. 
Uh, whatever. Epilogue is that whole, the whole Simpsons, the whole like Springfield clan is helping to rebuild the Simpsons house. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, Bart and, and Homer are having a nice moment together. And they, he hammers the last shingle in. And he's like, woohoo! But he hammers it into his leg. Uh-oh. Bart starts laughing. Homer goes crazy, falls off the roof. And that's our movie. Yep, so that's the end of The Simpsons. This was a fun, fun movie, man. This was so great. I like it. I kid it a lot to, like, the SpongeBob movie, uh-huh. where it's a lot of just great, dumb fun. Like, it knows what it is, and, like, it, it doesn't need to be anything more than what it is. Yeah, no, it throws a lot at you at all the time. Like, there's probably a joke every other five seconds or Honestly, so. Honestly, yeah, there's... If you average them out, it's probably a joke every, like, ten seconds or so, which, for a movie that's 120 minutes or so, and you break that up, there's that's six jokes per minute. That's... That's a, a cool six, 700 to 1,000 jokes. Yeah, it kept me laughing. It yes. did its job. I guess we didn't really say what we thought of the movie in the earlier parts, but we liked I mean, it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's, such, it's, such a, it's such a fun time, and like the stories that they do have like are silly, and when they get to emotional beats, you really do feel it. Even even when I hadn't seen like a single episode of the show, I really felt it when Marge was done with him and when Bart wanted to have a father that like really cared about him. I didn't care much about Lisa's story with Colin, but like yeah. you know, I feel like the writers also didn't care about that. Yeah, I, and we'll talk about this in surgery, but they, it's so forgettable, man. Like, yeah, they just needed to pad the runtime and give more of an environmental story to make Homer at odds with everybody. And then also just to give Lisa something to do, yeah. because, yeah, after the lake goes and gets destroyed, Lisa really doesn't have anything else to do in yeah. the rest of the movie. I mean, they do. Lisa's story does provide some great jokes with all the people leaving her and Milhouse getting punched for not believing in his <laughs> beliefs, and uh, and for Colin being not Bono's son. Yeah, and I think in a way we could keep all that too with a couple of fixes, and you know I th- yeah. I'm looking forward to what we got to say about it. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we jump? No, into I that? think we should just jump straight in now that we're now that we're on the topic. Okay, uh, what are the main things you would want to tackle with this movie? You can do broad or small. So stories. it seems it seems weird to to want to streamline a movie that's already 120 minutes long. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's... It's not that there are too many plots. It's just that there's they're trying to do so much, and the cartoons are very fast-paced. Like, they are very used to fitting, you know, two or three stories into 21 minutes. So the fact that they have, like, five stories over the course of an hour and a half, uh, and, it, and it feels like it's it's there's enough going on, is good. But it does feel like you miss a little bit of the, the emotion and the payoff of certain things when you don't allow them to build up. Right. So what I think I would want to do is consolidate a few of these stories. Okay. And make make the main focus on Homer's relationship with everybody rather than like these external forces that now for, that now make Homer at odds with everybody else. Okay. So like from the start Homer is you know neglecting Marge and Homer's you know he does a good they do actually the movie does a good job of Homer being a bad father to Bart right off the bat and then also having Homer be neglectful of what Lisa wants. So cuz that's all the stuff that happens is because Homer pollutes the lake and doesn't, you know, do what Lisa wants. He ignores what Marge wants, and he's just horrible to Bart. Yeah, no, and I think we need to sort of just more point out how bad of a father he is rather than, like, sort of come to the conclusion our own, Mm -hmm. because I think Bart has a very good reason not to like Homer. He is abusive, um, not a good dad in general. And then with Lisa, yeah, he totally disregards her, like, beliefs about environment and stuff. Like, that would be something I would be mad about mm-hmm. and Marge like yeah he's uh, neglectful and like he's just like oh but I love him because he's so goofy but yeah. it's like no uh, to a certain point <laughs> goofy is just uh, irresponsible exactly 
I think with the family stuff, like what you're saying is, instead of having Bart's story be, hey, I don't want you to be my dad anymore, it should also be Lisa's story yes. too. And we can still have the Colin subplot stuff. Like, I feel like we should be a little more aware of how stupid that is. Like, Yeah, but I think that they could do that better if Homer is actually with Lisa when she does, like, tries to canvas for, like, uh, helping the environment. Uh-huh. Whereas instead of, you know, everyone closing their doors, people are actually receptive to what she has to say. And then when Homer shows up, he's like, did you know that tinfoil thrown into the water makes the birds start crashing into the lake because they see their reflection? <laughs> and, like, just stupid stuff like that. And, like, nobody wants to listen to him. And then at that point... Lisa realizes what he's up to and sees Colin and is like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna go save the environment with him. And then that's kind of like Homer's first taste of like, wait, my kids don't like me? Mm, kind okay. of thing. Like, so it's, it's less of a thing where they're at odds, but it's almost like the first driving force of Homer n- like noticing his character flaw for an entire series. Yeah, and I think maybe he's just not as aware about it. And I feel like with the tape, when we finally see Marge leave him, Like, I do think it's powerful that Marge is the one saying it, but should she lay out everything that he's done so shitty that makes Homer realize, like, oh, this was... I guess at that point he shouldn't realize that he's a shitty dad because the whole Alaskan woman really puts it in perspective for him. Well, I mean, then do we even need the Alaskan woman? What if he, like, you know, is is thrown for a loop and then, like, just powers himself to go back? Because the the whole point of that woman is kind of just a, a, a cheap way out, like a, a, a deus ex machina, if you will. Yeah. Because uh, you could, he could easily, you know, be heartbroken. It could be, even be the thing where it says to be continued instead of saying Im- immediately. Mm-hmm. It says to be continued, and then Homer just stands up in the frame like, wait a minute, we're not going to do this in no stinking sequel. <laughs> I'm going to save my kids, you know, no matter what. And then you still get the same stuff with the dogs, and that, like, he keeps wandering off. Okay. I think if we have the moment be where he, Marge, lays it out for him, then it's sort of like, Marge, you didn't have to leave him to realize that. Mm-hmm. I think he still needs to hit a new low. Like, he's sort of in denial still of being like, oh, you know, my family, uh, they, they just don't know what they're talking about. They're being stupid. Like, you should just be out for your own and for your family, and that's it. Like, don't care about other people. Mm-hmm. And then when he's with the, the Alaskan woman, he realizes that, oh, no, like, I was being a dick. (laughs) And I think when he's having those visions, he can see Bart and Lisa sort of like, I don't know, in a way, it's like the Christmas Carol where it's like, here's your future, Homer. Because he has to see it from an outside perspective, like look down on himself. Yeah. So that could actually be good if like Marge does lay it out in the tape and he doesn't believe it. And then when he watches, you know, you know, from from a distance, like seeing what he does to his to his two kids. And then the voiceover of Marge plays from the tape, like while he's watching those things. Mm-hmm. That could be that could be a, an effective way of getting that done. Yeah, and I really want it to be more like nightmare inducing. Yeah, like man, this should be like it'd be like a Treehouse of Horror episode. Oh yeah, that's a good comparison. I was gonna say Grinch Night. Um, but... <laughs> no, nothing is allowed to be like Grinch Night. I feel like we cannot establish that more. Um, uh, P.S. Go back and listen to the podcast about Grinch Night if you want to hear me more upset than I've ever been about anything. Yeah, but it should be like yeah i think treehouse of horror would be a really good example of that of something to emulate i like that a lot so we're combining lisa's story with bart's a bit more with the neglectful father having marge more lay it out and i think with the kids i think when homer leaves the first time to go play uh grant theft war grant theft walrus yeah it's a war (laughs) it's a game where he's playing as a walrus in GTA. That's great. Um, I think that the two kids should really lay it out like, hey, mom, like, 
he's done all this to you. Like, he's treated us like this. Like, you need to realize he's a really bad father. Like, mm-hmm. you think he's just goofy, but he is neglectful and he's yeah. a bad dad. And then that's really where Marge is like, wow, my kids are seeing this right. Yeah. Well, I think we could even do that further if the inciting, uh, not inciting incident, but like, I don't want to necessarily replace church because it's a really funny scene with grandpa. Uh-huh. But I feel like it does waste a little bit of time because you don't need it for the plot. What if instead Homer just finds a spider pig and, like, just adopts him immediately? Uh, instead of having to do the whole church thing, we just go straight into chores that Homer has to do, and then he does the whole thing with Bart. And we spend more time with Homer, like, hanging out with the pig. Because Bart sees uh, Homer with the pig and is really mad at him, and that's why he starts hanging out with Ned Flanders. Uh, what if, like, Lisa also saw him with the pig and was like, hey, I thought you were going to help me, you know, uh, uh, go, go get people to help, you know, save the environment. And he's like, oh, I'm saving the environment. I'm saving it with pig love. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, that's, I'm not writing for The Simpsons. I yeah, don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Like, so we could, we, I would, it'd be cool to spend more time with Homer and Spider-Pig because, like, that's where the big... That's, that's where everything happens because of Spider-Pig's silo of poop. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how this all happens. I think it would be cool seeing, like, a better father-son relationship between Homer and Spider-Pig. Yeah. Where, like, oh, we're rolling in the mud. He's like, my kids never want to do this with me. <laughs> or they're, like, I don't know, eating slop, and they're like, oh, I love this life. And then, you know... <laughs> he's like, Lisa, come eat slop with me. And she's like, no. He's like, oh, God, you're adopted or something. I don't know what happened to you. <laughs> and, you know, if, if Lisa heard that, you know, she probably wouldn't be yeah. super happy to hear it. I guess, um, is there anything in this story right now you want to add? Because I might go on a weird... Not particularly, because I think, I think I like it just making Homer's story more about him with the kids and Marge uh-huh. and making Spider-Pig more of an antagonistic force, whether intentionally or not. Well, uh, is is the big thing. That's what I was going to talk about. Is there a way we can get Spider-Pig more in the story and possibly make him more of the villain? Because, like, after he has this one point where the family's walking across the bounce beam to go to Ned Flanders' house when the mob's happening, and then Spider-Pig decides to knock over the beam and it leads to them yeah. almost getting hanged. Well, that's the last time we see Spider-Pig in right. the whole movie. And so, like, is there a way we can have him be almost like the fifth family or sixth family member? I think he should be a spy for the EPA. Yeah, that's where I was going with it, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> the Spider-Pig just has this malicious intent. But he always has that same blank face. Yeah. But it, but like Russ like has like an earpiece within Spider Pig's ear and it's just like, <laughs> all right, Eli, yeah. you're doing a great job here. Just keep up the act. You're doing you're doing you're doing what you got to do. <laughs> Eli O'Connor. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll return your wife and family once you've done this mission for us. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. And I think it should be one of those things where it's not he's been working with the government this whole time. Yeah. It's like he got flipped and then. <laughs> Oh man, this might be off too too off the rails, but Spider Pig starts talking and he's like smoking <laughs> with Homer and he's like, "Yeah, Homer, you always gotta think about yourself and not about others, you know." Really trying to enforce the theme of helping yeah. others. <laughs> I, yeah, I, th- I think he either needs to be like over the top cartoon villain uh-huh. or just completely blank faced and just Russ Cargill gives him all the emotion that he needs to have. <laughs> it's one extreme or the other. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I really like that. No, I think that's fun. <laughs> And then in the end, Spider-Pig redeems himself by he's the one that pushes the rock over and uh, kills or hurts Russ Cargo. Oh, true, yeah, because it also doesn't make sense because Maggie's being held by Marge, who's, like, miles away. Yeah. It'd be really great if, like, yeah, Spider-Pig at some point, you know, realizes the error of his ways and just, like, 
It'll be there. <laughs> it is, my name's Homer. It will never be there. <laughs> you may not have been my real father, but but I but I grew to care for you and your family. Is he like Hispanic now? <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's a double agent. So Russ Cargo thought he was just this gruff American, like cigarette smoking, cigar yeah. smoking kind of guy. It turns out he's just a foreign adversary <laughs> who's always wanted to save the world. Something like that. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm really, really liking yeah. this. <laughs> so it'd be so much fun, and really, uh, Spider-Pig does need to be, especially because of how much of a cultural icon Spider-Pig yeah. became for a short time. Yeah. It'd oh, be great yeah. if he was more involved in the movie. I completely agree. I guess also with the villain side, is there a way we can get Russ more into this? Because at the end of the story, right before Russ is trying to kill Homer, Homer goes like, ha huh. It's finally nice to meet you. And I'm sort of like, oh, yeah, he actually hasn't met Russ yeah. till this moment. I mean, they could have had Russ more on their tails as they made their way to Alaska. Uh-huh. So that maybe there was already a confrontation with him and Homer. So that maybe at that point where he says, ah, oh, it's nice to finally meet you. You and Russ is just like, we, we've, we had a whole thing. <laughs> I, I threatened you with I had a gun to your face. <laughs> a lot of people put guns to my yeah. face. I don't... I can't remember all of them. But yeah, it would be good to have Russ more like personally on the on their tails as like he leaves the EPA behind because that's like almost like him going mad with power that he's just on a solo adventure now. Yeah, if the EPA is like, hey, like we understand trapping all these people in the dome, that makes sense. But going after this family that escaped, like they'll just be the crazies on the internet or on yeah. the conspiracy websites. And he's like, no, I need to get it. It needs to be perfect. And then, yeah, they have this little back and forth because they do. The EPA does realize that, oh, he's insane, Russes. We just need to do our own job. We can't do what you're saying. Because it could also be funny that Russ is just following them. and He just goes crazy that we just cut back to President Schwarzenegger. And he's just like, the situation over in Springfield is getting worse. People are noticing. Uh, he left me with these four folders. <laughs> All right, I've got to think carefully. What's my favorite number? 69? All right. 9 minus 6? Plan 3! Yeah. <laughs> so, also, now let's talk about Colin. Colin's there. Uh, is there any way we can get him more involved? Is he also a double agent with Spider-Pig? No. Is Spider-Pig his father? <laughs> I, I think we either just cut Colin out altogether, or, like, you. whenever we do, like, a cutaway back to Springfield, like, in uh-huh. disarray... Colin's the one that's, like, trying to, like, make sure everybody, like, holds it together, guys, come on, everything's fine, and, like, his father could show up and just be like, yeah, guys, I got the potatoes on our farm over here, and everything will be okay, and he's actually just voiced by Bono. <laughs> oh, my God. He's not Bono, fucking but voiced awesome. by Bono. That would be funny. But wait, I actually want to talk if Spider-Pig is his dad. <laughs> Spider-Pig is Colin's dad? Yeah, like, when he's smoking a cigarette with uh, Homer, he's like, my family... It's it. There's my son. He's stuck in Springfield. I had to save him, Homer, and blah blah blah. And he's also like Bono, like I don't know Scottish, Irish thing. So he has that voice, and then <laughs> that could that could be funny. I I don't know if I'd want to integrate them too much because I yeah. think Spider Pig should be his okay. thing. And I think Colin should be his thing. Okay, yeah. So I I think it'd be better if whenever there's like because there's like three or four cutaways back to Springfield. Yeah. So that instead of you know up who's the one that tries to convince Mr. Smithers to mm-hmm. to give the town their power instead it should be Smithers is the assistant right it's Mr. Burns Mr. that's it yeah Smithers is the assistant uh, he tries to convince Burns instead of up who it should be Colin. Okay. Uh, trying to do that it's like. 
Listen, if you just open up your heart, <laughs> everything will be okay. And then he sticks the dogs on him. And then, you know, when the when the town starts going in disarray to, like, breaking the dome, uh, Colin's just like, wait, wait, we shouldn't be doing this. And then, like, the elephant, like, you know, scoops under, picks him up, and just rams into the dome and, like, ignores him. Okay. And I think that's the way to keep Colin around, to give Lisa a little bit more to do and to have that character not just kind of appear and disappear. Yeah. I think what we should do with Colin at the very end is he's just like, okay, I'm going back to home. Uh, you probably won't ever see me again. <laughs> and then, like, it's more self-aware. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. This, I don't think this guy ever appeared in the show. Well, could it be even more just overt like that? Lisa just runs up and was like, Colin, we did it. He's like, I always knew you could do it. He's like, do you maybe want to go get that ice cream now? And he's like, actually, my work here is done. I've got to fly back to Ireland. I, you know, I'll always be in your heart. And he just, like, grows wings and just, like, yeah. flies away. <laughs> like, I serve my purpose in the story. <laughs> yeah, like, something like, yeah, be more self-aware about it. Yeah. Or he could just be like, oh, God, no. Uh, my passport, like, my work visa expired, <laughs> like, months ago. I'm totally going to get deported right now. <laughs> and that's, like, the EPA people will come in. They're like, hey. And then the Springfield people are like, all right, put your arms up. Let's fight. And they're like, no, we just need that one kid. Uh, yeah. His passport's expired. And they're like, oh, uh, sure. Yeah, okay. I'm down for that. All right. Is there anything else you'd want to discuss trying to figure out? Not really. The movie doesn't really need that many fixes. Yeah. It just needs a few streamlines and, like, taking the elements that they've already put there, which are really funny, and just, like, playing with them. Yeah, and I think all the things we came up with, like, there are some cool ideas. Like, I do like Spider-Pig being a double agent, and, like, okay, you know, maybe we're going a little over the top with being... Colin's dad, but you know, it was a fun I, idea. It's still a good idea. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. Yeah. We can put that in another draft, put that up, put that in the ideas folder. Yeah, we'll, we'll pitch it to Fox, see what they say. Or Disney now, Disney damn Fox. shit. <laughs> Which also, there's one great joke where Bart puts oh. on a bra on his hair, and his head, so it looks like he's got Mickey ears, and he does the Mickey voice, and they're like, I'm the mascot of an evil corporation. And <laughs> in we, today's day and age, where uh, all of The Simpsons is available to stream on Disney Plus, Oh, uh, that's funny. It's funny how the life changes. Yeah, oh, it's funny how funny how things are. You know that and Arnold Schwarzenegger being our president. You know, uh, ridiculous things that could never happen. Exactly. Um, then something I want to talk about then is it, the possibility of a Simpsons sequel. I think that's a, a strong possibility, and I I think it should happen. Uh-huh. The thing is just that they greenlit a Simpsons movie like, nine years before this one came out. Okay. And, like, the first full draft of the script, I think, came out, or didn't come out, but was, like, turned in in 2003. Mm. And apparently, nothing that was in the original draft of the script is in the movie. Like, they, they went through so many rewrites, and because they were writing 22 episodes a year also, yeah. it took them so long to write the movie, too, so that the, the seasons from 2003 to 2007, basically... We're just dedicated to, like, mostly getting the movie out there while, like, kind of putting the the B team on the show. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. Which, I mean, the same guys were, you know, James L. Brooks and, like, uh, Gronig. Gronig? How do you pronounce it? Oh, Matt Gronig. Yeah, Matt Gronig. Yeah. Yeah, they, they no were idea. they were like still there day to day, but like the main they their focus was still on the movie. And surprisingly, mm-hmm. I didn't realize this. The movie cost seventy million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of money for a show that you know ostensibly costs a few million dollars per episode. And the fact that a, sh- a movie lasts about four episodes or so costs like three to four times as much. I mean, they did do a really good job with animation yeah. and like made it look really good. And they definitely took their time with it if they did, you know, 100-plus drafts of the script. Yeah, no, they wanted to get it right, and I think they did. I The biggest thing I remember after the movie with the TV show 
was that they upgraded the animation to like the standard of the yeah. TV show. And I think it was just because it was a lot harder to animate this stuff back then, <laughs> back in 2007. Oh, well, those days. Yeah. Damn, that was 12 years ago. Yeah. That's nuts. But uh, So what do you think you'd want for a Simpsons sequel? I don't know. That's uh, really tough because also, you know, you have the joke of uh, Simpsons did it and the Simpsons has done so much. Like, I don't really know how you top that because, like, a lot of it is stakes. Like, okay, how are the stakes risen for this movie that we couldn't do in the TV show? Yeah. You know, I, I know we, uh, we're making fun of the politics, um, but I think it might be a little funny to see have Homer accidentally run for president. And uh, True. It, that would be... I think that that would divide the audience yeah. who likes The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there's a couple things in there you could talk about. There's certainly a couple things, and I mean... In, in reference to that, there are some jokes within the first Simpsons movie that are a little distasteful 12 years later, <laughs> but I don't, I, I think that you could easily play on those types of things and let those, you know, uh, uh, skirt the line on the PC culture and really, and really play with it, especially having Homer do something like run for president. And maybe you could have, if you want to take it a little smaller, small scaled, I think maybe just, you know, aging the characters a bit. Like, I don't know what grade... Lisa and Bart are in, but, like, say they're in fifth grade, they're, like, 10 or 11 or something, and they go to middle school, and that's their big, like, whoa, like, things are changing, look at all this. Mm -hmm. And then Maggie, I don't know, Maggie's, like, an alien in the show or something. I don't know. I haven't watched all (laughs) 30 seasons. It'll be be on Disney Plus soon if you binge all of it. I, I don't know how you really raise the stakes is the thing. That's yeah. the, like with another really good TV adaptation to film, I would say is South Park. Mm-hmm. And man, dude, they just like took yeah. everything up. Like the songs are great. I mean, one of those songs was nominated for an Oscar. There's a fun story behind that. If you want to look that up between yeah. the creators of South Park and the Oscars. Well, the South Park movie was made like almost very shortly after the show was made because the show was made in like ninety six or ninety seven, and the movie came out in ninety nine. Oh. So like it was they, they they greenlit that pretty quickly and like got the movie out there in a short amount of time. Whereas Simpsons definitely took its time to get done. Like the the movie wasn't even greenlit till you know seasons between seven and ten. Mm. So I do think that that's more just like a a timing thing. That if I think if the Simpsons movie had like come out sooner, maybe we could have even had, like, a series of Simpsons movies. Yeah, and I, I think this is, a, like, a gold mine. I'm really surprised this hasn't happened. Maybe you get the Disney Disney Plus version mm-hmm. of all this, but... True, but it does... If you do do a... <laughs> do do. <laughs> they, uh, the, the thing is that the Simpsons movie did cost $70 million to make, and the whole, like, driving force behind it was, to, that was like, we have to see what they're going to do for something where they put in so much money. Mm-hmm. So we've already seen that. So it would really need to be something more than like almost more than that to, to drive people to the to the to the movie right. more than just like, oh, Homer's going to run for president. Like there's got to be like something else, like like some kind of gimmick that goes in there. Like if they if it's if it's the series finale and that's like the movie is going to be the final thing that you ever see. That's a new Simpsons content. I think that would drive people to go see it. Yeah, I mean, I would I agree with that. I just don't know. <laughs> if you would want I don't know I don't see Disney doing that yeah like finishing it with a movie because then they'll be like look at all the money we got we can still milk this for a bit we'll, we'll make Scrub season 9 you know type thing <laughs> I, I just like I feel like The Simpsons is a cash cow they would continue on for a bit yeah and I mean they've got you know the theme park at Universal that's already even expanding further yeah so like they're they're no, they're not done with The Simpsons yet and it's already been renewed for another season or two so mm-hmm. it's gonna keep going it's in season 30 right now God, or 31 or something 
Hudson. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything I would want for a sequel, and that's probably why they haven't yeah. done it. Uh, but last thing, is there is there a TV show on right now that you would actually want to see it? Uh, a movie of where they use like the actual like characters from the show. And it can be live action too if you want, or or animated because you know the X Files did do a movie that was happened between seasons. The first thing that comes to my mind, and I know a lot of people would be down for this also, is a Rick and Morty movie. <laughs> I think there's... I, oh, God. I could only imagine how much money and memes would be made out of that. Now, I know they've said that. They said that about The Simpsons and about SpongeBob before, too. But do you think that a, a show that's traditionally 21 minutes long can sustain itself for an hour and a half? Oh, Especially yeah. something like Rick and Morty? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I guess they actually haven't done many. I don't think they've ever done two-parters on Rick and Morty. The only two-parter that I can think of is the end of like season two leading into season three. Which, yeah. You know, they still waited a, a whole two years to put out. Yeah, no, I, I do think that could work for Rick and Morty. I'm Those guys will have a lot of fun doing it. I can see that. What about you? Is there any shows or stuff that you would want to be? Well, uh-huh. this is one that everybody wants, and it's in a similar camp to Rick and Morty. In Community, oh. should have a movie. Okay, because Dan Harmon's just going to be really Dan working. Har- no, and that's <laughs> kind of what it is, because as, as much of Community was a cult show, the fact that they did six seasons in a movie was just a throwaway joke once uh-huh. that suddenly just caught on and became a real thing for the show itself. And it, it's true, like, they ended it in a way where it could move on and be a movie to be like, hey, ten years later, like, what does a co- community college degree get you? Like, it could be a real story about, like, what, uh, what, what the educational system in America, but, you know... With the jokes of community and, you know, Academy Award winner Jim Rash dressing up in silly costumes. Again. <laughs> true fact, Jim Rash is an Academy Award for screenwriting. Oh, screenwriting. Yeah. Okay. No, what for D. Uh, he wrote uh, The Descendants, the, oh, uh, the George oh. Clooney movie where yep. he's in Hawaii. Yep, I do remember that now. Oh, good for him. Good for I him. Know, it was. It came out of the blue. It was him, his writing partner, Nat Faxon, and the director of the movie. Oh. I won an Oscar for that. Oh, good job. Uh, and that was, that was the same moment where Jim Rash, Academy Award winner Jim Rash, Dean Pelton... Uh, made fun of Angelina Jolie for doing that leg sticking out thing at the Oscars. Oh, that where she like, yes, like you yes, know, she yeah. stood up there and then immediately just like, here's my leg. Yep. Yeah. I do you remember that? And see, that's the kind of stuff where like you need someone smart like that to be on the movie staff. Jim, <laughs> Academy Award winner Jim Rash and Dan Harmon writing the community movie, and I think I think that would be a solid addition to this kind of camp. Uh, I am more than down for that. Well, anything else for you? Anything else you want to touch on? Because I'm I'm all out. I, I think I'm good too. Thank you guys so much for listening. As usual, if you want to catch our newest <laughs> content, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just at Doctor Script. If you're interested in our Twitter, it is Dr Script Podcast, like Doctor Script Podcast. And of course, always go to iTunes iTunes, subscribe, leave those stars, leave a review, do whatever you feel like doing. We've got a lot of great people leaving leaving some good comments, and we appreciate everything you have. We, we give you a shout-out every time we have a new one. And, yeah, we're just excited for everything that's going to come next. Yes. Uh, so, again, thank you for listening. You have a diddly good day, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Catch you on the flippity-flop. <laughs> See you guys.